When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorization number TP slash 01005. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Test at home with results in 15 minutes with HealGen COVID rapid antigen tests from Chemist Warehouse. This is Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SENZ. Rise up. Good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ Wednesday, the 9th of March. And it's just after 6 o'clock. Woo, coming up on the show. want to say good morning to the team up in Auckland first. And I just want to say Baz is over in Australia. He's heading over to the IPL, so he won't be here for the next couple of months. We're going to miss him. He's an absolute champion. He's a huge part of our show, but we've got Kempi up in Auckland holding the fort down with Louis Herman Watt. Um, but we'll be keeping you up to date with what Baz is up to and getting some little um, get some little snippets out of him while he's away as well uh, over in the IPL. Uh, Freestyle Wednesday. Ooh, love a Wednesday, middle of the week. We'll get closer and closer to the weekend and then more racing meetings come on. Big one in Ortucky today and, well, thanks, Kempi. They've absolutely ruined ideal, but anyway, we'll talk about that a bit later on in the morning, for sure, as the odds came out, and like Paul Moati heard you say, and he went, bang, we'll have those odds. Time to get a wee update across the Pacific Ocean and see what's going down in the NBA. Stephen Adams is number two in the Western Conference as the Grizzlies sit 44-22. and 22. Kurt Heelan is lead NBA writer at the NBC Sports. And he'll come on to uh, share a little update of the NBA. My Lakers are sitting ninth at the moment, so they're going no good. LeBron James, he's been flying, though, trying to carry them on his shoulders, 56. I saw in the Eastern Conference as well, the, the Heat. The Heat are leading the East. Wow, never, ever picked that one. But looking forward to chatting to Kurt Heelan, uh later on in the morning, and then, well, Casper Allen, Casper, Allen Sherrick, is constantly getting roasted on the show by Kempe, so it's time to get him on for a ride of reply. He's been busy at the Karaka sales and has a couple at Ōtaki today, and we'll have a wee chat to uh, our 
just about 7.40ish this morning. I no doubt that's going to be banter galore. I'm going to sit back, relax, and watch Kempi and Al go to work. Looking forward to chatting to him later on in the morning. And then Sports Docos. What are some of your favourite sports documentaries? Text double eight double three and let us know your favourites. I'm looking to, to watch something a bit later on if I can. There's one I want to really watch. It's called The Race. Bubba Wallace, uh, NASCAR driver. The only black NASCAR driver in NASCAR. And uh, there's been a lot going on with racism over there. He was the guy that went back to his um, garage and there was a noose hanging in the in the garage. You know, I want to watch that. Um, that's my next documentary. But yeah, let us know. Double eight, double three. What's your favourite sports documentary? Has anyone watched Drive to Survive? Season four is about to hit our screens, and me for one can't wait. Even my wife, I never ever thought she'd like Formula One. We started watching that series, and well, we just can't turn away. It's great, great watching. A good insight, and they give us um, some good information too, and get a real understand not only the superstars, but they give backgrounds on all of the drivers in the Formula One and the voice of the Formula One and F1 journalist Will Buxton he's a big big part of the show and he'll come on our show to share some little lead in on season four what what to expect when season four is released and he'll come on the show at about eight o'clock Will Buxton Formula One journalist and pretty much the voice of Drive to Survive I'll get Louis to do the line very, very shortly, and you'll probably, if you've watched Drive to Survive, you'll know what he's uh, what he's on about. And then after that, we've got our Razine Cricket Catch-Up with Glenn Phillips as he is about to embark on his IPL journey with Sunrisers, Hyderabad, Kane Williamson is the big, big dog in that team. So we'll have a chat to Glenn Phillips before he heads off on IPL duties. That is the show. Like always, want to hear from you on the text, Tempo, Bedpost, Text Machine, double eight double three or the Kinatai phone line, anytime, 0800-150-811. That's enough of, of me. We're going to go across to the studio and say g'day to Joe, Kez, Emma, and Louie, and Kempi. Morning, Farno. Morning, Izzy. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Had a good sleep. Uh, actually, I couldn't sleep till about 11 o'clock. And that, that's, I was hanging out with my daughter yesterday, and... Um, we, we we went took her for a horse lesson. Got a she's loving her, her horse riding at the moment. And then we've just been hanging out at home. And then I fell asleep, mate, at lunchtime for about an hour. I think it was about an hour. I don't even know how long it was, but couldn't sleep till about eleven, which is unheard of, mate. Because this morning radio can knock you out at about eight thirty usually. But um, yeah, excited sleep, about so, your Sydney uh, trip, like, mate. La la la. Hey, does Daisy know you're going? <laughs> Of course. Is it work? Of she knows I'm going. She, are you going on a work trip just so we can get our story oh, no, straight? No. <laughs> Mate, she's um, she's 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 coming at me like yesterday in bed. I was like, "You alright?" <laughs> she's like, "Yep," you know. Yep, yeah, I'm okay. And I said, "What's what's wrong?" And she goes, "You you know I love the races, eh?" And I was like, "What do you mean?" Horse race is my favourite event. I was like, oh, come on, Days, man. I'll take you out next week. We'll go to the pub. We'll go to the THB. We'll go to the Rose and Thistle. Not in the, not in the, private, not in the private jet. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go to the pub. Look, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a trip of a lifetime. And uh, as soon as I got um, invited, I, I just, yeah, pretty much put my foot down and uh, said I'm going. But, yeah. 
She's 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 okay. Still t- still two more days to get through before I <laughs> You put your foot coming. down and said I'm going on the private jet to <laughs> Royal to Rose Hill for the Rose Hill uh, for the massive day there. That's so good of you, mate. That's so good of you to put finally put your uh, foot down and uh, I love it. I love it. I, uh, I think what we're gonna uh, do Do you know what though? What? It's raining though. It's pouring over there. Mate, it's been heavy it's tracks. It's not looking ideal. After heavy <laughs> tracks. After, this is what you get in Sydney autumn, though. The, the championships in Sydney mm. are... Um, oh, bro, the, the, we'll get the uh, markets later on today at about probably just after 1, 2 p.m. New Zealand time. Mm. And you'll, we'll, tomorrow we'll discuss the races you're going to watch. It is yeah, yeah. bumper in Sydney this weekend. Actually, in, and in Flemington, there's the new market, Levante, lining up. We have to catch up with Kenny Kelso this week as well. Levante's racing yep. against Home Affairs and the big boys in, down the straight at Flemington. You are going to have the best time. I'm so jealous. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. But that's enough of that, boys. We've got work to do. We've got two days of work, and I'm, I'm committed <laughs> to, to leave it on a good, good note. And, um, you know, looking forward to it. I won't send you any videos on our chat group, on our WhatsApp group Dude, whatsoever. We'll I just... want them. Oh, well. Oh, oh, <laughs> I want them. I want them. Kimpy, want them. Kimpy, okay. did, any I'll of, keep you did any of your kids ride um, horses, Kimpy? Never. Cows. They're not, they're not, they're not rich all black, you know, they're not rich all black father. Get off it, mate. We've seen the, uh, we've, we've yeah, seen your, you know what I mean? We've Taking, seen your palace and kitty kitty. Well, this, this, so, it's, you know, with a wife called Daisy and my, my kid probably, probably <laughs> called Diana riding horses. The chin strap Diana. <laughs> <laughs> this, oh, Kippy, I've seen your views, mate. Calm down. If you live in Auckland, you must be bowling. You're balling, mate. Oh, you don't want to know his Tell property you, portfolio, is he? You don't <laughs> You don't want to get a glimpse into the Kim. What <laughs> we've got Alan Sherrick on later, hopefully Kim. Although, do we? Well, he's out on the Waitemata this morning fishing with Butch. So you know, I don't know whether or not Alan actually thinks that you can dive in, dive into Waitemata with your phone in your pocket. Your phone will work. So we'll probably get hold of him. <laughs> is he? Ser- seriously, that 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 is actually true. He thinks that mobiles work underwater, Alan. He's, uh, he's the best. <laughs> Where does Casper come from? Oh, it's a, oh, an old nickname I I gave him one day down there. He's, you know, he's quite um, – he's always had those – you know those stubbies that the rugby boys wear? You know, back in the old days, Izzy, your coach would have worn them when yep. you were coming up yeah. through, you know, the, the, far, the farmers, they'd go and buy those stubbies Richard Lowe down, kinda, down yeah. farmers, you know. Yeah. CCC. Alan, Alan was special for them, mate. He he he's still got a couple of pairs of them, I'm sure, but um, unfortunately – you know the red hair and the freckles and the sun when it comes out is pretty scary. And I, I just <laughs> mentioned that to him one day when when he was uh, walking around. That name of that Casper the Ghost. I thought, geez, here we go. Well, Casper the Ghost is walking around in spiritual. Mate, he took, he, he took it on the chin. He has a good laugh about it. But um, apparently, he was spotted out at um, Spookers the other day out at the back of uh, South Auckland there, um, buying horses, old Casper. So we'll have, we'll have a chat to him later on this morning to see what he's, uh, if DC's left him anything to pick up. Um, but he's a good he's a good judge of a horse, Alan, so I'm pretty sure he'll, um, he'll he said he's got a good book of buyers, so he'll, he'll get some good ones for people. Don't worry about that. He's got a, um, he's got a, he's got a, a debut today in race two, Beyonder, Beyonder. Do you know much about that one? Uh, Kempe? No, he's... Sarah McNabb. Yeah, no, I don't. $3.80? Yeah, 
Yeah, and uh, I spoke to I spoke to Al yesterday. We didn't talk horses. Um, he was, you know, at the end of the day, he's pretty, you know, being a horse trainer, they get up at, you know, a lot earlier than us and um, get cracking. So by the end of the day, they don't want to really talk to anybody. Um, but I've, with Alan at the moment, mate, he's got a really good strike rate. So you just know that if he's taken, you know, horses from Taranaki to Otaki, uh, they're in with a chance. So you know, he's a, he's a good trainer to follow. Yeah, he is, nice. and he's got. He, I, I'm curious, and I'm curious to know because the Sherrick name and racing at the moment is he is powerful. Mm. I mean, it always has been, mm. but right now it's very powerful. And and Kempi made some flippant remark yesterday about how maybe there's a Sherrick fifteen <laughs> discount code that that goes around at the sales. <laughs> I don't want to ask Alan. I'm too terrified. But we'll see. If, we'll see how far we can push Kempi along. And, and see, you're going to be very careful with Alan. Oh, he's, the, fully he's, aware. The, he's the big brother. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I told you that story about the van, mate. I don't want to get put in that. I don't want to get put in that seat. Smack. Yeah. Smack. Um, exactly. Anyway, is he later on? Well, well, later on, I want to pick your brain. Is about um, well, Super Rugby because it's Crusaders Chiefs week this week. Mm. And mm. that's very, very exciting for a Crusaders fan because, geez, we just love to just. Oh, there's nothing, no one that quite riles me up like the Chiefs ever. You know, mm-hmm. they just so they're, mm-hmm. they're just they're just mongrels. You know, <laughs> the cowbells, <laughs> everything about it gets me going. So I want to ask you what a Crusaders Chiefs week's like to prepare, and I'm sure lots of people are curious to know what sort of team Scotty Robertson and the Crusaders are going to put out. Yeah, for sure, mate. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll rip into that a bit later on. And I saw a little photo on the Crusaders page yesterday. Kind of gave a lead into it as well with Richie at 10, David Harvilli at 12. I think centre pairing is probably the key. Uh, we'll have a chat about that later on in the morning. But we're going to chat to Dino. Dino from Dunedin. He wants to have a chat about Will Jordan. Morning, Dean. Yeah, Izzy, how are you? I'm very well, mate. How, how are you, bud? I'll battling a bit, to be honest, but I'll tell you what, this radio channel, it's, it's worth its weight in gold. But uh, I'm just heading back to Dunedin to pick up my number one, to be honest. The old man went and um, decided he had enough of this place, and he died on Monday. So that's a bit of a hard pill to swallow. But I didn't want to grab the number one and head down. I knew he was buggered, but I thought, nah, that's, Sorry, mate. that's bad karma. Yeah, well, no, I appreciate it. But the rugby thing keeps Sorry, all going. Mate. I've never been to church. I don't want to go. But... Um, the Will Jordan thing, I spoke to you in the vault bar a few years back when they started mucking around Ooh. with this Rico thing at fullback. And yep. Geez, I don't know, mate. It's not getting any better. Like You tried to convince me that that was where he's going to be. But for me, Will Jordan, he, he's he's a damn good winger. Like He's a fabulous bloke, to be honest. Like He wouldn't look mm. astray in the bloody black caps. But for me, you're giving whole field at 15, you give them a third of it on the wing. You know that. You're stuck there and Ben was stuck there. No, neither of you really liked it. He's not going to tell the truth. But <laughs> <why> <laughs> <laughs> yes, carry on. Carry on, Dino. Yeah, I love what you going. I don't, I don't, mate, I don't get it because we are crying out for a ball distributing centre. Now, that I didn't get to see much of that bloody game last week, the Chiefs and um, the Blues. I was organising a sweep for the fundraiser for the old softball team at the Bloody good, I might add, the St Kilda pub in South Dunedin. Oh, oh Bruno good ship there, but yes, I didn't see much of it. I missed that kick. I mean, Jesus, Gatlin, what was he thinking? I could have got that on 55. <laughs> I'll tell you today. Oh, Dino, Dino, 
Dino, so what are you trying to say here? Are you trying to say that Will Jordan needs to play fullback, keep him at the back? Is that what you want? Yeah, and, and I, I'm, I haven't even said, no one said, I hate rotation, mate. It's a cycle on a washing machine, but he, uh, Geordie Barrett can play 13 in a heartbeat. He's got all the skills. He's a big unit. Like They've all got to be on the field. Mm. That's what I'm getting at. JK had the nail on the yeah. head the other day when he spoke to somebody. I agree with everything yep. he said, apart from the fact that he harped on about Will Jordan being on the wing. Caleb Clark. He he starved a possession because of Rico, if you ask me. Like that kid when he caught the yeah, ball yeah. in the South Island, North Island game, or whatever they called that the other day. He caught the kickoff, and he ran mm. like a like a juggernaut buying it and a skillful cully. You know, like you can't coach that stuff, mm. but you've got to be able to give yeah, him the yeah, ball. No. And Rico is an eleven, a world class eleven. Yep. You said to me. He can't catch the high ball. They're worried about England. Well, surely they can train that. You can't coach vision. Yeah, they can. They can't coach vision, but that's the thing. They've got a, they've got too many players in, in good good form at the moment, and they've got not enough positions. That is the reason that Geordie Barrett, Geordie Barrett has to be there somewhere. Will Jordan has to be there somewhere. Wherever Rico's gone, centre. Um, I, I've been the only problem with Rico at centre for me is, like you said, his distribution. There is times when he could have passed and setting up his outside to put them in better, better positions. That is the only question mark, but I've been very impressed with his ability to... He's always been an outside burst guy, but now he's got two strings in, uh, on his bow that he can go on the inside as well, so he can tack both inside and outside shoulder. Um, Lou, you got something? Is he... Oh, let's just cheers for your call, Dean. Kennard's high phone line, 0800 811. That's awesome. And sorry for your loss, Dean. That's um, that's real tough, mate. But appreciate you giving us a call. Is he... Oh, you know, just thinking, as Dean was said there, Caleb Clark and... And uh, JK's comments were great. Mm. I heard those. I thought, man, that's, that's strong stuff from... Um, so JK, do you know the guy that I, that plays for the Blues that seems to get the least buzz but seems to have the most production every time he touches the ball is Mark Talia. Talia, what what does he get? Yeah. What, like <laughs> where is where is the like? Is it because he's not necessarily young and and like the the kind of the new fun toy? But every time he touches the pill, he makes meters. He is so far over the advantage line every time. Yeah, he's a meter eater, mate, 100%. He always beats that first thing. He's not big at all, not big at all, but he's silky, man. Like, he'll go into contact, and he shouldn't be able to get out of this little uh, position that he's got himself into, but he always wriggles himself out of it. Um, look, the thing, problem is we've got too many players, particularly in the outside backs, with not enough, enough positions, and that is the, the debate right now. Will Jordan and Geordie Barrett, they've both got to be on the field. Wherever Will Jordan goes... Whether it is wing and then you put Geordie at the back. Look, I know Dino, I might have seen him in the vault with Cupley, Cupley Deep, and I might have been talking. Uh, can't, <laughs> can't even remember seeing you, Dino, but cheers for that. Throwing me right under the bus about Rico. Uh, but, you know, like, it's it's one of those questions. I actually don't mind Will Jordan on the wing. I actually think um, when you're playing fullback, uh, you've actually, look, nothing against Will, but you've just got to make good decisions every single time. You've got to be a distributor. You've got to be a passer. You've got to be a vision. You've got to have good vision. You've got to be, you know, make great great decisions, kick the ball down and, and put it down the other end. And, and so for me, Will Jordan on the wing, he has to do less of that and just more running, scoring tries, popping up, just a bit more freedom for him to be able to do his things. Um, but it is debate, and I'm sure Fozzie and co know what they're doing and, and will make those decisions. But hey, What's the, how how good are we? How lucky are we to have so much 
um, depth in the country, particularly on the outside backs. Thank goodness I'm broken. But um, there, good chat to start the day. We've got another text from Mark. We'll get to that very, very shortly. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Uh, fresh up in the morning and getting stuck in with some super rugby chat. Ken, never far away on double eight, double three. I'm not going to read your text personally, but someone here will, Ken. Um, Kempe, you were listening to Dagger go on there about the super rugby. Go, go on, mate. I've I just been watching him put Vaseline on his lips. He's so dry. He talked for the first half an hour there. Um, thought he was throwing his CV <laughs> down for the All Blacks for the All Black selectors position. Is Fozzie listening? I got oh. no idea. But I just want to I just want to say, is it, you know, with, I, I agree. I agree that um, in a sense that there are so many good players running around there. I mean, you've got to fit Roger in there somewhere too. No one's talking about that. But isn't it really about as a player, is he? When you know that you're the best player out there. Okay, and then mm. the All Black selectors come come around and they find every single. Um, reason not to pick the best player in the position, and you'd know yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, I've sat, I've sat in teams going, oh, I've got no idea why that player's there in front of that player. Um, mm. Why don't you just pick the best player in the in that position, and forget about trying to fit people in there? If you know, for instance, Israel Dag's the best fullback in New Zealand, and and you get a bunch of selectors come around and say, oh, well, we want to put Geordie back there and throw Izzy on the on the wing. How do you yeah. think? How do you think Izzy feels? Yeah, look, uh, that's that's a great question. That's a question that's always been asked, particularly when I was playing. Um, you know, like we're me and Ben constantly fighting it out to play fullback. One of us going to the wing, um, and, and vice versa. Uh, look, as coming from a player's point of view, I, I just want to play. So, uh, if um if they don't see me as the number one fullback and they see me as potentially been a very important part of the team and winger is that opportunity from a player point of view I, I don't I don't mind that but from a fan's point of view we want to see the best players in that position being playing all the time um, yeah I, I don't know I don't know mate I don't have the answer but uh, like yeah they've, they've got some big decisions to make and there's going to be some quality players that are going to miss out because reality is there's only certain amount of positions and there's stacked players everywhere like there's I'm reading all the outsides. You've got Sever Reese, Will Jordan, you've got Lester Fainga Nuku, who's played for the Crusade as well, who's potentially you know, pushing for higher honours, particularly after the uh, first couple of games. You've got Caleb Clark, you've got Geordie Barrett, you've got Mark Tillier that's putting himself in the frame. You've got George Bridge. You've got George Bridge as well, who, you know, is he's got to have a big year. He's got to have a huge year in, in the jersey to, to push... Um, Likes of uh, you know Caleb Clark and and Felicifying Nuku, uh, Will Jordan, Severus, who just offer a little bit of a, a X factor, I must say. Um, but yeah, big decisions to come up, um, Kempi. And what like, for you when you're coaching, mate? How did you approach those situations when you had quality wingers or quality outsides that were both X factor and you needed them both on? Would you just go for a specialist winger? Or would you go, look, he's a fullback, but he's got that much freakish skills, he can finish, he can create anything. Would you put them both on? Oh, look, I don't think rugby league um, has that has that um, advantage of what, you know, when you're, when you're great being an all-black selector or, or coach, you know what I mean, when you've got a, a number mm. of riches. You know, the argument is, is you sit in a room saying, oh, well, we've got all these players, and you're talking about who you're going to put mm. where and whatever, like, what wins the game? The best player in the yeah. best in the best position um, makes the best team. They win the game. That's it's a really simple equation. 
I actually feel sorry for selectors and coaches quite often because you don't even know if it's the right decision. And sometimes it can be the right decision, but if you don't win the game, then people say it's the wrong decision. And if you win the game, then you come across like a genius, is he? Yeah, and that's the thing. It's, it's all about tactics. You nailed it right there, Kempe. Like, I guess when I was playing with Bender, that was a time when, when a lot of the teams were doing a lot of the high balls, were doing a lot of kicking, particularly when we travelled to Europe. So I think Steve, and we were playing the Lions, so I think Steve he had in his um, in his mind that we needed to really nail the high ball. So it comes down to tactics as well. As you saw the Hurricanes on the weekend, they uh, didn't play Wes Hulson, and Wes Hulson's been on fire, and they started Celeste Rayasi and Julian Savier. So it just comes down to what coaches think's best fitting for the team. And um, look, it's a headache that not many coaches have, and it's probably a good headache to have in New Zealand rugby at the moment, Louis. Yeah, bang on. Wes Hooson could be the most underrated player in New Zealand rugby. He's just performed so many years now, and, and mm. you're right. He's it's kind of head-scratching. Whenever he gets left out, double eight, double three. I'm going to clear these texts after this, as well as, as well as to get some loveracing.nz chat. Right now, it's the news with Emma for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Yeah, loving our live commentary here on SCNZ. The Warriors this weekend, uh, the White Ferns tomorrow. Looking forward to that one. And of course, the ANZ Netball Premiership, although the first round into a little bit of disarray with Shock Omicron. Double eight, double three, keep your messages coming through. Ken, I said I wouldn't read your text, but I'm going to have to. <laughs> Guys, put the whole Blues backline in there except Geordie at 15. Not a fan of Jordan at test level. Cheers, Ken. Yeah, well, thank you, Ken. This is a problem with Fozzie and Co. They don't know what they're doing. Cheers, unnamed texter. Put your name to these sorts of... When you throw in barbs, you have to put your name, otherwise it doesn't count. And good morning, Izzy, Kempi, Louie, and the kitchen. Good, good to see the kitchen getting a shout-out. Louie, I agree. The Chiefs are filth. I'm off to buy my first ever Crusaders jersey <laughs> today at 40, and I'll wear it with pride in the B.O.P. On your mark. Yes. Appre- appreciate yes, Appreciate that from you, <laughs> Mark. Uh, boys, loveracing.nz is your home for everything thoroughbred racing. I tuned in. I, wa- I didn't head out to Karaki yesterday, but I tuned in because I'm a nuffy for this stuff and I wanted to see who was buying up all the nice horses. And I'll give you guys one guess as to who bought <laughs> the nice horses. <laughs> Can I guess? Um, oh, um, boys get paid. <laughs> <laughs> boys, <laughs> boys, be shaking the back of the couch. No, BGP. Actually, actually, BGP. Um, we've got a couple. There's going to be a couple racing in the BGP colours. Um, but I tell you yeah. what, DC bought the horse for us, David Ellis. He was at it again yesterday. How about this? The standout filly from the sales potentially, and he bought a couple. There was a lovely zoo star he bought, but it was $850,000 he went to for the full sister of the Group 1 winner. I'm pretty sure she won the Oaks over in Australia. Unforgotten from Currymore. Um, Baz speaks so highly of Gordy uh, Cunningham, who's there at Currymore, and... and, um, he looks after Tabata when she spells, and look, that, their draft I've put through is incredible. So the Fastnet Rock, memories of you, full sister to Forgot You. She was the standout sister of the sale, and DC Alice went to 8.50. So just a little bit less than Tony Kemp's mansion and Kitty Kitty for the filly, which is good to see. Albert Bosma, wow. Go Racing, were active. Uh, Marshy was active. Bjorn Baker was getting involved. Uh, good to see Kieran Ma 
dipping into his pockets from across the ditch as well. And then there was Sam Kelp via Bruce Perry, who went to 675000 for a cult by Al Manzor, a close relation to Inspirational Girl. And they were some of the highlights from yesterday. Book one still rolls on today for the last day, and then book two from tomorrow onwards, Kempi. So they're on full swing, the sales. Yeah, I think book two is when the rest of the rest of the, the purchases in New Zealand get to, <laughs> get to have a shot at the <laughs> at the leftovers with DC probably goes home, doesn't he? Jumps in. Oh, no, no. He's, no he's, Mark said to us yesterday. He's, he's actually got the private jet flying out on Friday morning with Izzy on it. Oh. They're heading to Rosal. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst, worst thing you could ever do, I reckon. Enough of that, Kempi. I think the worst thing you can ever do, Izzy, with Kempi is ask him to stop doing something. <laughs> <laughs> It's like it's like it's like a, the reverse. The effect. rat's laughing. The rat's laughing. He loves it. He's back. Good to see you back. That's all right, boys. Kev, I can't wait till we catch up next week. We have a nice little coffee date on Monday when I'm in the studio, brother. I look forward. Oh to yeah, mate. Brother, yeah. Um, just quickly, Ken, uh, can you tell us why you don't like uh, Will Jordan? And I uh, love your passion for for Auckland Blue, or for the Blues. I must say, you're a very very passionate. Aucklander, so I'd love to hear that. And got that question for you, Kempi, just before we head off. Kilda lads, just wanted to hear quickly Kempi's thoughts on Cody ahead of Ash Taylor. That is from Adam in the UK. Great, yeah, great yeah. question. Thoughts, bit, of, bit of a surprise, to be to be brutally honest, but I think, you know, Nathan Brown's mm. known to play games and he's he's got an extended bench and Ash Taylor's still named on that extended bench, so... I wouldn't be surprised if Ash Taylor actually runs out in the number 23 jersey in that sixth position come Saturday night. Um, mm. but, but the other part of me, the head says that, you know, Cody Nicarima, Sean Johnson, the, the current uh, New Zealand 7-6 get a chance to, to start the season, you know, and, and mm. for me it's Cody's jersey to lose if that happens. And, you know, the way that he hopefully, um, I, th- I think it might change because of the forward pack they got this year. They will, they will move, move um, defensive lines backwards and Cody can get on the front foot yep. but if he doesn't and if they don't and he doesn't get get off that, that um, mark and take that ball to the line mate, Ash Taylor will, will take that jersey off him in the first two weeks mm. Beautiful. I'm just looking at the squad I like that Jack Murchie eh? he, he was nice and solid last year in the, in the forward pack and we've got Tohu Harris coming back as well from injury he'll add a bit of impetus in there as well um, just have a look, Chanel Harris Tavita, he's gone to the back Bililami Vailia, he's in the midfield. And then we've got Mark, Marcelo Montoya. So a solid squad, first up against the Dragons, mate. I'm looking forward to your call on that uh, this weekend when the Warriors take on the dra- Dragons first up. You reckon we've got ex- good... Is it right to say that we're pretty excited from what we've been able to see in the preseason or just... Oh, no, just, mate, just every every single year the, the Kiwi public get behind the Warriors, doesn't matter where they finished up the year before, like it's the mm. Limerith period at the moment. They've just met their, their, their boyfriend, their girlfriend, and they're going out mm. and they've, they've got a box of chocolates in their hand and they can't do nothing wrong, but it's after a month, it's after eight weeks, we want to see if that Limerith period's over. And um, I tell you you're trying to is. get it. You're trying to get out of that relationship. I tell you That's where it, you are. Is he right now? I tell you where it, when it is. It's about <laughs> about a month before State of Origin, and there's usually a slide, and then State of Origin comes, and we fall in love with league again, and then we go on a little two three winning winning streak after State of Origin, and then we're back, and then we miss the eight by one game. Look, I, I personally, I think he's got to find a spot for Ash Taylor or, or Cody Nakarima on the bench. I think Cody Nakarima's best position is fourteen. He's, he. 
Sean mm. Johnson ain't going to play the season out. So he's going to have to mm. have someone. You, you can't carry Jez Tavaga on the bench in that 14 jersey when Sean Johnson's 33. Kempi, I've got a question about the halves I want to ask you later on. It involves kicking. And we'll get to that. And 19 minutes away from seven. But after this, we've talked. Look. Yesterday, Kempi spoiled one ideal today at Otaki, but you can still get some. There's still 85 cents left on the bone for you if you want to have a crack, but you need a bonus <laughs> bet. TAB bonus bet, come find one. 0800 150 811. Quizzy Dag with one phone a friend coming up after <laughs> the, the Straussy in the hot seat. <laughs> 19 minutes away from seven. It's Quizzy Dag. Quiz for the ages to prove yourself. The quiz master, the is master, stay with me. Or oh, this might be an absolute disaster. Yeah. Hey, hey, if you think you got what it takes, give us a call on 0800 150 811. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. That time of the morning where we give you a chance to win $50 TAB bonus bet. Courtesy of the lovely TAB and Paulie Muati. I've got a question for you later on too about Ke- uh, Kempi. About coaching, mate. I want to ask you about your approach to coaching. What sort of coach you were when you were with the Warriors and in the league days, mate. So uh, looking forward to having a chat a bit more about that later on. We're going to go to Kevin. He is first up. Morning, Kevin. Good morning. Morning, Kev. You're going to open the bat, mate. We need you to get off to a hot start here, okay? you got one phone a friend. One phone a friend. He's oh, great, too. Don't worry about your friend. <laughs> and you Kempi and Kev. Here we go. First question, Kevin. Yeah. Good luck. Which boxer did Joseph Parker call out live on the show yesterday? Oh, God. I wouldn't have a clue. Five. Three, no, four, opposite of three, black. Oh, two, no, one. Oh, something white. <laughs> oh, what hey? was that? What'd you say? Some, oh, I don't know the first name. Something white. <laughs> nah, you're gone, Kev. Sorry, Bella. <laughs> Have a good day, mate. Appreciate it. You're going for a duck. We're gonna go to Damon. Damon from Palmer. Hey, Morning, Damon. Morning, how are you? Hey, brother. Hey, brother. Yeah, very, very good, mate. Which boxer did Joseph Parker call out live on the show yesterday? There's actually a couple. Would it be Dylan White? Yes. Dylan White. Well done. Question number two. Which team triggered their COVID clause to call for a postponement of their first round of the ANZ Premiership match? Netball. It's a netball. Yep. Well done. Question number three. Who will captain the All Whites in their Oceania World Cup qualifying tournament this month? Five, four, three. Can I use phone a friend? His uncle's trying to get back into parliament. No, I'm sorry, guys. I'm gone. I use this two days in a row. Two days in a row. (laughs) Oh, good. Oh, good. Thanks, fella. We're going to go to Jade in Hamilton. Morena, brother. Morena, boy. Morena, morena. 
who will captain the All-Whites in the Oceania World Cup qualifying tournament this month. Uncle's trying to get back into Parliament. <laughs> what a sting clue, bro. Um... Rufus, Rufus, Nah. Nah, it's not Rufus. Sorry, bro. <laughs> I thought you had it because it was such a stink clue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> We're going to go to Luke in Dunedin. Morning, Luke. Morning. Morning, morning. Who will captain the All-Whites in the Oceania World Cup qualifying tournament this month? The only captain I know is Winston Reid, and I don't know politics, so... Winston Winston Peters, Winston Reid. There's only only one uncle in politics. (laughs) Luke loves his racing, too. Luke's up for this one. Luke's up for this one. Yes, here we go. Very elegant, very elegant. Had a closely related filly sell at the NZB yearling sales yesterday. Who is she? And very elegant side by. Bone a friend. Get get your petrol at the... At the uh, petrol station. <laughs> <laughs> what petrol station? Only if you're rich at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Lukey. Have a good day, mate. Imagine a sire called petrol oh. station. <laughs> <laughs> Brenton. Brenton. Hey, brother. Yeah. Hey, brother. Very yeah. elegant. Very elegant. Had a closely related filly sell at yeah. NZB yielding sales yesterday. Who is she? And very elegant side by. Was the uh, was the phone a bring clue petrol station? <laughs> mm-hmm. It was. It was. I'll go, I'll go Zed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There's Zed. Three dollars fifty. Question. Question. <laughs> oh, I can't do that. I can't handle Kipsy, man. <laughs> Question number five. <laughs> number five. Yeah. Who won New Zealand's only gold medal at the 2000 Sydney Olympic Games? Five. Uh, four. Valerie Adams. Three. Oh. No, not Val. Phone Sorry. Friend, mate. No, more phone a friend. Look who slides no, in here. We're going to go. <laughs> We're going to go to Simon in Auckland. Yep. Morning, Simon. There you go. Good, good. Who won New Zealand's only gold medal at the 2000 Sydney Olympic Games? No phone a friend. Phone a friend, eh? Five. <laughs> Four. <laughs> row, row, right, I'll give you a chance. Go. Your boat. Was it um, Rob Waddell? <laughs> no, I don't do. There <laughs> <laughs> was. There was. It was. How, look, honestly, well done. Well done. You win today, Simon, from Auckland. Good luck. Stay on. The team will give you your $50. But oh, everyone's just going to phone a friends, okay? There's got to be some sort of a ruling around it, isn't it? Well, to be fair, Izzy, it's, 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 Louis, it's, you're the mediator. Look, I think I think because Kempi doesn't just do blatant rhymes, so that you actually have to think <laughs> about them. It's a little bit, maybe two, maybe two, but no more than that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not, I give, love I'm, not giving, I'm not giving. I'm not giving. 
Geez, <laughs> well, I'll try to make it sort of a little bit hard. And we're offering we're offering a draft here by first season sire, petrol station at the 2023 Karaka Yearling Sales. <laughs> that, that was the best answer ever. Petrol station. Is it called petrol station? Oh, oh, we need to get ourselves together. All right. Thank you, Izzy. That's yeah. class. Oh. Classy, because what Kempi will be back after this to wrap up the hour. We're going to talk some NBA after 7 o'clock. So if you're a Hoops fan, stay with us. 7am here, Baz and Izzy for breakfast Baz off on Aussie before heading to the IPL Kempi in the hot seat, Louie here as well Izzy, have you given up hope on the Lakers yet? Are you, go, are you still, are you kind of running that punches chance mentality that if you get in the play-in oh. tournament you've still got a chance? Oh, I don't know, it's hard it's a hard one eh, like with we get LeBron, we get excited, we get Anthony Davis, we get excited, we get, and then we just had to, you know, trying to recruit. We're trying to build a roster, but we just haven't really kicked on. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been frustrating for for a Lakers fan. Um, I'm a OG, like I loved it when Shaq and and Kobe was there, and Kobe his dominance within the team. We've had a tough few years as of late. Um, I thought this was a changing of the guard with LeBron heading there and, and hopefully potentially getting the championship. But hasn't been as of late. Hopefully uh, something can change. I don't know what it's going to be because LeBron's getting a little bit old and Anthony Davis just keeps getting injured. But we'll keep an eye on it anyway. Looking forward to chatting to Kurt Heelan after this talking all NBA. If you've got any questions for Kurt, text the machine, double eight double three, and we'll get those to Kurt coming up shortly. Keep the texts coming on the text line as well. We'll get to those very, very soon. Coming up, Kurt Heelan, back shortly. Here's him with the news for Kubota. Together we're... The all-new SC... Support your immune health with Go Healthy from Chemist Warehouse, now starting from just $9.99. This is Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Yes, this is Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Baz is in Australia heading over to the IPL. So it's me, Kempi, and Louis Herman Watt in the house on a Wednesday night of March. And, well, just before I shot off and I absolutely butchered that throw to the news, Kempi was caught in the background laughing at me. Thank you, Kempi. <laughs> Thank you for laughing at me. I wasn't, I wasn't laughing at you, mate. I, I, was, I was actually listening to you. I could see your lips getting stuck. You forgot to rub all Vaseline on them. You guys just taking a little bit, did, taking a little bit of time to get it out. I do get stuck, mate, and I've got to say, I've got my McCafe coffee coming shortly. I'm looking forward to that. Every morning, 7 o'clock, I get my McCafe coffee. I can't wait to rip into that. Coming up in the next hour, anyway, we're going to talk to Casper Alan Sharrick. Hopefully he answers his phone and he's not diving with it in his pocket. We chat to him about today's races at Ōtaki and the Karaka sales as well. He's been... A uh, bit of a ghost there, apparently. So we're looking forward to chatting to that. And then coming up after eight, we're going to talk about sports docos. What is your favourite sports documentary at the moment? Text us on the Tempur bedpost text machine, double eight double three. your favourite sports documentary that I could have. We watch The Last Dance. That's one of the greats. Well, it's uh, fitting that we talk about some basketball. The NBA season is in full cook mode with 15-odd games to go. And the jostling for playoff spots and seedings is getting serious. The storylines are endless, and the talk through a bunch of one of is one of our favourite NBA minds. It's Kurt Heelan, who is the lead NBA writer and managing editor at NBCSports.com. Morning, Kurt. Morning. How's it going, guys? Oh, it's morning here. Very, it's, it's very morning good. Here. Very, very I'm good. I'm on the West Coast, man. It's it's still morningish here. 
Beautiful. Wait, my Lakers, can you just put me out of my misery? They're gone. They're going to get anywhere near the, where the, uh, uh, near the playoffs, or, or was it just game over? Can you just put uh, me, yeah, give me something? Yeah. Some bit of confidence. Yeah. yeah if you were a horse, um, <laughs> put him down. Back. <laughs> um, <laughs> putting the curtain up around you at this point. Yeah, it's not good. It's, oh. uh, no, it, I, I wish I could. I wish that I could give you some positive stuff, but I just it, it took. You know, they, they won the other day. They won a nice a, a game. Uh, you know, on yeah. national television out here in America against the Warriors. It took a LeBron vintage fifty-six point. I'm just going to mm. jump in the hot tub time machine and be, you know, 2015 LeBron and just take over a game. And he could do that, and mm. but he can't sustain it. He's battling through. He's got knee issues. He's just, man, he's 37, and he's played an ungodly yeah. number of minutes over the course of his career. He's just not, the, you know, he just can't carry a team that way. Anthony Davis isn't healthy, and he hasn't really lived up to the billing. Uh, he's been really good. But he hasn't been the next franchise anchor kind of guy. He's just he's been very good, but he hasn't been what they were, I think, hoping he would be ultimately. And between the two of them, it's just mm. there's just not enough around them. That that team is not going anywhere. They're 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 gonna be bounced early uh from the postseason, which is not good for you and not good for the people who care about television ratings at the at the NBA league office. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Lakers they are a big part of the, the NBA and, and they've got a huge following. Um, oh, look, yeah. going forward, I'm going to carry on with the Lakers chat. I thought this was the changing of the guard when LeBron and Anthony Davis went there, but they just haven't really kicked on. They haven't been able to build a roster. I thought they potentially had a roster with Russell Westbrook going there, but they just haven't really kicked on where do they go now where does the where do the lakers go now we know lebron's coming to this end of his tenure and he's potentially going to play with his son at another franchise where do they go yeah the son thing's going to be interesting to be honest with you like i'm yeah. curious where that goes only because i don't like he's i don't i'm not going to speak ill of a 16 year 16 or 17 year old um yeah. kid like he's not but mm. He's not necessarily, let's just put it this way. He's not his dad. He's not necessarily an NBA stalwart player, right? Yeah. Like he's, he's mm -hmm. good, but he, he is a, I don't want to, again, I'm not going to bash a 17 year old, but th this isn't necessarily a future NBA player, period, let alone star. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah. I'm curious how that shakes out. But that said, I, the, they can retool this roster. They're going to over the summer. They, they you know, the, the way the NBA handles its roster stuff. They're going to trade Russell Westbrook. They're going to fire the coach. Uh, Frank Frank Vogel should be at this point. He should frankly just you know find a good realtor and get his house on the market because he's done. He's you know he's he's mm. he's not going to be back. And wow. then they'll we'll see where they go. What Westbrook they'll trade and they'll try to get back. To, you know they won a title. You know. A couple of years ago, during the middle of the pandemic, when they did that bubble um, mm, in Florida, mm. but the model was LeBron James and Anthony Davis played elite basketball, right? Like just at a you know top five, ten. Both were playing at a top ten player in the world type of level, and then they surrounded mm. them with guys who were just solid role players. Everybody else knew what they were doing, right? Like I've got defenders, I can shoot. They were versatile, like. They just put solid professionals around two elite players and got themselves a title. And they've 
they just got away from that model and i think they're going to try to get back to it of just even if we just have two elite players and surround them with you know quality guys who can play on both ends then then they'll be fine mm-hmm. i i think I, I think that's the goal but that's it's easy for me to say standing here in the living room and really difficult to execute when you you're trying to actually put it together man <laughs> Hey Kurt, talking talking yeah. about foreign coaches, it's Kempe here. A um, is he a is he a title favourite? Well, the Suns, you know, they seem to be the most bulletproof. Can we trust them? I think so. In the finals last year, they are balanced. They are um, uh, they can beat you. I think in the NBA playoffs, one of the things you need to be able to do is. Scouts will call it scheme versatility. You can't just win one way. Like you've got to be able to beat teams a few different ways and have, unless you've got the seventy-two win, you know, late ninety Jordan Bulls. Like you don't get to impose your will on everybody, right? You're going to have to win different ways, and they can do. Oh, we might have lost. Whoops. Oh no, this is gonna be good chat. I think Gimpy might have. I just threw him off there. I, I think you. I think you might have <laughs> expired the line by your firing coaches. It's Kimpy here, chat. <laughs> Gee, that's grim, Kimpy. Oh, mate, just being real about things. You know what I mean? He's. I guess the LA. Co- I guess the LA coach. I know how he feels. He'd be looking for a new job at the end of the year. When he is, you. You know, you tr- Yeah. I, how much did you put on him, mate, to win the comp this year? Yeah, on those first nah, two nah, questions, like you've got plenty on it. Nah, no, nah, I don't put any on it. I'm just a, I'm a big Lakers fan. I loved Kobe Bryant. He's probably my favorite athlete, favorite b-ball of all time, and um, just uh, yeah, the influence he had on them. So I've always been a Lakers supporter. Um, but yeah, they they won that title a few years ago. But look, I don't know. Like it just doesn't. It didn't feel like one. You know, like the bubble. They're all in in in, in isolation. There's no fans. There's no crowd. So there was no like atmosphere and. Yeah, it's gone down as a title, and they've won it, but it just didn't feel like one. And um, hopefully we can get Kurt back, because that is a great question about the Suns. Um, Devin Booker um, and co, they're just absolute superstars flying at the moment. We've got them on the line. Morning, Kurt. Yeah, sorry sorry about that. I guess I have to pay my phone bill. That's all right. (laughs) (laughs) It's all good. It's all good. You were talking about the Suns, another team. The Grizzlies, mate, we've got uh, Stephen Adams, and whenever a Kiwi's flying yeah. high on the world stage, we follow them when we support them. Grizzlies are second in the Western Conference, 44 and 22. They are flying. Can can they go and, and push for a title with Ja Morant and, and, and Stephen Adams? I, I, I love the way Stephen Adams has fit with them because when they made that trade, I wasn't, mm. I wasn't sure that was a great fit just style-wise. But he has been brilliant yep. for them. He has just been fantastic um, doing the dirty work inside and just, you know, the stuff that doesn't show up in the box score. He's been great. I got a, I've got a feeling that they uh, – we just said this, you know, I, I don't, and I don't know where I fell off with you, but I'm like the advantage for the Suns is that they've done it before. And, you know, you guys can speak to this a little bit as, as athletes. Like there's something to having been there in those big moments – and, mm, and under mm. pressure. I don't want to say it makes it easier, but you at least have a sense of what to expect and, and an understanding of what's expected of you and like you just handle a little better. I think they're going to learn. I think you have to learn that a little bit, and I think they're going to learn 
some hard lessons this year in the playoffs, but I think that they are on the way there. They're, they're a, a couple of years from now, you know, it'll be a different story. I just think that they, I think they have those lessons to learn still, and they might have to tweak, you know, maybe tweak the roster down the line, but I think that they're close, but they're, I'll say this, man, they're the most fun team to watch in the league. And it's, it's not even really mm. close because they're entertaining. They play fast. And uh, John Morant, uh, to, to use Chris Paul's term, John Morant's a trampoline. Ooh. That kid just jumps yeah. out of the middle. <laughs> he does. He, I had him in my um, fantasy team last year. And, man, he was so, so good for me um, last year until he got – I think he got injured last year as well. So that kind of didn't help. But he's come out and he's been leading the run. Who is the best player? Who is the MVP who's leading the runs for you? Uh, who's leading the comp? Uh, to be the next MVP in the competition. Who is the best player in the comp? The MVP this year, it's funny because if you ask me who the best player like on the face of the earth is right now, I'll probably still say Kevin Durant, but he's not going to win MVP mm. this year because he just missed too much time, right? Like he's just been injured yeah. and missed like too much time to win the, the most valuable player award. His value, there, there's value to being available and he just hasn't been able to because of injury. Um I honestly don't know. And I'm somebody who has one of those media votes. Like I have a vote in this and I yeah. spent part of this morning just kind of taking a look at it. And between Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, Nikola Jokic and um, Giannis, Giannis Antetokounmpo, it's, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I mean, I've got five weeks mm. to figure this out, but like, I, 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 I don't know because normally by this point it's sort of I don't want to say settled, but like you're down to a couple people. And in this case, all three of these guys have had the kind of season that usually you run away with it by this point. Like if you normally if you have their kind of season right now, they'd be like, Oh yeah, it's there's no question. This guy's the MVP. But there's like three of them having those kind of years, and I really honestly do not know what I'm going to do when when it comes to that vote. I'm I'm hoping for something, something, something to help me define it over the next five weeks because they all have been phenomenal and it's really close. What What do you look for? What do you look for when you're going for the MVP? Because those are all obviously big men, so they're all around game, the yeah. the scoring, the boards, rebounds, probably assists. Like I, I'm thinking, Stephen Curry, he's been flying this year with the Warriors. Yeah. He'd be there or thereabouts if if, if I'm right. But you, you obviously all around game is hugely important for you. Yeah, and how much how much are they contributing? And this is this is where I, I you know look I'm this, there's statistics for this you know advanced statistics for this, yeah. but it's really also talking to people and eye tests and watching games. How much are you contributing to the winning of your te- to your team winning and succeeding? How much, how how yeah. vital are you? And in 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 the problem is in all three cases a whole lot this year. <laughs> like it's not that simple, but like. Nikola Jokic won won the most valuable player award last season and has been better this season. Mm. Like he is he is stati- not just statistically like but put up better numbers but because of the injuries around him to their second at you new know, Jamal Murray and and Michael Porter Jr. their second and third best players have been out and he still carried them to a pretty good record. Like it, it, the the weight he's had to take on has to factor into that, but it's kind of been the same with Joel Embiid. It is, and 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 for that matter, Jokic. I, I mean, uh, I mean, uh, Antetokounmpo. Like all three of them have had to take on mm. 
different and larger roles than they did in the past and have thrived in them. So I, like I said, I, at some point I, I, the, the NBA did me the honor of giving me this chance to help pick the award winners and Swear to God, they just wanted to lose sleep. I just, I lose so much sleep every year trying to pick this shit. <laughs> hey, Kurt, just, um, you know, the people of my vintage that are listening to the show this morning, the, the question they, they want to ask someone that's, you know, if you're getting votes from the uh, NBA, it's pretty, pretty impressive. You've obviously got the knowledge to, to put the, the Jokic and, and the Hardens and that in the, in the race for MVP. But let's let's go back a few years. Let's and let's make a match race, a Group One match race between Michael Jordan and uh, the great LeBron James. Who gets uh, your vote? Uh, um, <laughs> it, um it, it, that's one where it's really. It, God, it's Mate, you only got one put, vote. Stop gibbering. You yeah, sound no. you sound like Izzy. Because <laughs> I, I do. Don't I? I need, where's the Vaseline? I need the Vaseline. Um, I don't know. I, I would probably still vote Jordan, and I'm wondering how much of that, though, is that I grew up more in that era. So there is an I, there is a mythology around him in my mind that necessarily isn't there with LeBron in some ways. But LeBron has been, LeBron. Listen, let me put it this simply: he's the better, more rounded player. Le, Jordan scored more, was more driven, was a more intense leader and lifted guys around him, which LeBron has done. I mean, both of them have been, but in terms of like Jordan was a score, LeBron's a better passer, better rebounder. Uh, they were both pretty at their peak. Jordan was a better defender, but they're both good defenders. But like push comes to shove, I'd probably say Jordan, but I also think some of that in my mind is, is cultural impact, which again, both of them have had a lot of, but, I don't know that anybody's had the cultural impact on the sport the way Jordan did. Like to just to globalize the sport, to change the sport, to still, dude, how many? Okay, how many? How many? How many Air Jordans do you guys have? Mm. I haven't <laughs> got any, but I know a lot of a lot of people out there have got huge amounts, and they they do collect them. They're very very expensive, aren't they? Valuable. The, and there's yeah, and there's still the most most sold shoe on the market of uh, the basketball shoe market, mm. obviously not, you know, not overall, but like it, among basketball shoes, Jordan brand still sells more than anybody else. It's just his, imp- his impact in that sense is phenomenal, but it's, man, you're split hairs between them. I mean, I, I do know a, a friend of mine who's a s- scout and uh, player development guy who will vehemently tell me I'm wrong on that. And it's that it's, that it's LeBron, but it, it's that kind of debate. It's so it's, <laughs> it's 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 what you prefer. I think in some ways it's what you prefer personally. And like you know, yeah. that's not even getting into. By the way, if you're going to do the greatest of all time, they get you. It's not even getting into Magic Johnson and everybody else you can put on that list. <laughs> yeah, it's a debate that could go on forever. Let's be honest. Yeah, Everyone exactly. talking about the goat and Michael Jordan, LeBron. They're always in in talks. And then I'm Kobe. I'm one-eyed Kobe Bryant fan. So. Huge, yeah. huge supporter of him. But, Mark, we appreciate you on the show. Kurt Heelan out of the NBC Sports Writer. Appreciate it. Fascinating as always. And uh, good insights to the NBA at the moment. Appreciate it, mate. Anytime, guys. Take care. There we go, mate. Hey, you put him under a lot of pressure there, Kempi, mate, with your questions, eh? Mate, you get, him, you get a vote from the mate. NBA. You can't sit on the fence. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's pretty. That means you're, you're you're doing something pretty good in the sport. He's a he's very uh, informative, I must say, and great get shot, Louis.
Thanks for getting that one, mate. Kurt Heelan out of the NBC Sports Rider. Coming up, we're going to talk a bit of Crusaders Chiefs game week. What's that like? And then hopefully, Alan Sherrick answers his phone. We'll be back shortly. You listen to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks to the Kimbus Warehouse. Great savings every day. Yes, you are. 26 and a bit past 7 a.m. Kurt Heelan. What a good sort. Baz off on his way to the IPL. We'll catch up with Glenn Phillips for Razine later on. He's following. Hey, Kurt, talking about firing coaches, it's Kempi here. Well, one <laughs> <laughs> One coach that's not going to be fired anytime soon as he is Razor Ray. And you constantly speak about how he themes weeks and how he gets players up and he's the greatest player motivator you've been coached by. Well, I don't know how much motivation you need to give the lads in Chiefs week. Can you tell us what it's like being a Crusader when you're lining up against the team that grates you the most? Oh, it's it's a special week. It's it's the weeks you want to be a part of, mate. And we're going to be lucky tomorrow. We're going to be joined by Jace Ryan, who is the Ford's coach, and uh, reading a bit of something and just chatting to him. These are his favourite weeks because no doubt this is how did we approach these weeks? Well, we approached them like a street fight. We always knew every time we played the Chiefs, they were going to do things uh, that to try and pull you off off your game. So like that that target you in the rucks. They would, um, you know, just do things off the ball. So just take it into a street fight. For us, when I was playing back with the Toddy Blackadder days, when we lost those two semifinals, we kind of knew it was going to be like that, but we never really um, fronted it. and We never put it on the forefront of our minds. So when we come into those situations and games, we actually got caught by surprise and, and caught off guard a little bit. So Razor Ray's ability to put it at the forefront of our minds, say this is what's coming, this is what it is, how are you going to react to when they hit you in the ruck, when they do little niggle things off the ball, how are you going to react? So, um, yeah, his ability to do that. Look, it's it's a week because um, that you want to be a part of. You know it's going to be a huge challenge. You're placing a side that I'll be very open about. They play a nice brand of rugby. They, um, they throw the ball around. There's Wayne Smith's influence when he was there. Um, they play an exciting brand of footy. So, look, you always knew it's going to be a challenge, but you're, you're really, really up for it. And um, no doubt this Saturday it's going to be the same. So explain, Izzy, this is what it is. What is it? Where, where did the boil first start? The the Waikato Crusaders um, Festa Arc, actually yeah. start? Where, where, what, what's, what's the big the catch that, um, you know, it's, it's ob- obviously late- somewhere. Yeah, like just these late, like uh, when they went back to back titles, the Chiefs, and it, I think it was Dave Rennie and Wade Smith when when Smithy went there. Smithy had coached the Crusaders, so it was kind of like, hey, is this is this right? You know, should he be showing a bit of loyalty and blah blah? Staying down here at the Crusaders, he's gone to the Chiefs, and I've been a very open about it. He's such he's probably the best coach I've I've been coached by, tactically, technically, just so on the money. Every single thing he says comes out of his mouth is just. Spot on. Um, so I reckon it started when we when he went there, and, and we just had just real tough battles. Like we lost two semi-finals, back-to-back semis uh, in 2013 and 14. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we lost by two or three points, and then they they went on to win back-to-back titles. And I was playing for the Crusaders, and we hadn't won a title since oh, 2000s, late 2000s or something like that. So it was like mm, 2008. It was tough. Um, in 2008. Um, so yeah. I think it was when Smithy went there and just created a, a team with belief, physicality, a bit of um, bit of edge. And every time we played them, they, they brought it to us. And they had the wool over us, I'll be honest. They had the wool over us for about three or four or five years there. 
and uh, they were very, very difficult to beat. I'll tell you what they had, Izzy. They had James Lowe, who seemed to just get an intercept every semi-final. It was like, it was like contractual. Oh. It was like he, he couldn't play a game in the finals against the Chiefs without James Lowe. And then he's, and you know, no surprises he's winning games for Ireland because he did it for the Chiefs mm. and he didn't get selected for the All Blacks and that's what happens. But you're right, that rivalry, as a fan, um, Mark, Mark's in the BOP, the Bay of Plenty, Chiefsland. He's off to find himself mm. of Crusaders because the fan, the rivalry. Oh, I, I don't. The, it used to be Blues Crusaders, but the Chiefs. That Sunny yeah. and Sunny Bills talked mm. about it before. How they used to hit each other at trainings. There's just that mongrel that Dave Rennie put into the the side. <laughs> and um, as fans, nothing like it. There's a couple of texts here on the footy. We're going to come back and get to those after some sports news. But right now, it is the news with Emma for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building Aotearoa. SCNZ Baz and Izzy for breakfast, coasting on through 27 away from 8am this morning, loving the Super Rugby chat a few weeks in now, and while we've still got derbies on our hands, this is when we need to be right into it, so we'll get to some text messages on it shortly, but a couple of news stories that I've found interesting this morning, Dean Barker, yeah, a gun and long serving sailor, hasn't sailed for Team New Zealand the last couple of America's Cups, but it looks like his career is over as far as American Magic are concerned. They've confirmed their core crew for the 2024 edition, and it looks like he is not going to be involved. So Dean Barker's long and storied history in the competition coming to an end there. As far as American Magic, but he could easily get picked up. Um, there is still the international rule, that you know the eligibility rule. Other news story, well, Ukraine... We know what's going on there. Our thoughts to everyone over there. And in sport, it reaches through. The Premier League has suspended its broadcast deal with Russia following the country's invasion of the neighbouring Ukraine. So the move will take effect immediately, meaning Thursday's four matches will not be shown in the country. Small sanctions that sport can be done, that sport is doing, but it's starting to add up. FIFA, obviously, a bit weak initially, but... um, you know, pressure has come on and, and you'll see more of this stuff and little ways they can to impact and sanction Russia. That's what's going on around the world. But Izzy, as I said, Super Rugby Week and there's a massive game this weekend and, and um, well, Kiwis, we love it when it's footy season. Yeah, we do. We do. We love it. And uh, keep those texts coming through on the text machine. Tim Poor, bed post, uh, text machine, double eight, double three. We've got a few here. Kempi, you make a complete sense. You make complete sense to me. Since when do the All Blacks coach a player What's that telling all the other centres? Look at Ash Dixon, bug it off. And he was without doubt top three. And Dino, that's from Dean. He is very, very passionate about his Hollands. I, yeah, baffled me that, that Ash Dixon wasn't picked up by the All Blacks. I thought after all the grind he did with the, the Highlanders, uh, absolute stalwart down there and did the mahi. And, and there was times there when there was injuries and he was overlooked. Um, yeah, it's one of those... Things that will make you wonder for the rest of your life. Uh, another one as well, and I'll ask you this, um, Kempi. Not convinced about the All Blacks hype around RTS. This is from Charlie. He is making a better fist of rugby than Benji, but he's no Sonny Bill yet. Let's calm the fan and pick the best players <laughs> for the position. That is from Charlie. Look, uh, oh, mate, he's he's surprised me. I've come out openly on this radio show and I said he's playing in the wrong position. I still want to see him in the outside backs, um, open space, just real ball in hand, 
could be dangerous and deadly out there. But he has surprised me in that 12 jersey, particularly because I, I, his asset is his feet. You know, his footwork, he can baffle everyone left, right and, and centre. I thought he'd lose that. But he actually seen little glimpses of, it, uh, glimpses of it when he's out there playing 12. You, you like him in the 12 jersey, Kempe? Oh, look, I, th- I think they may have thrown him in there a little bit too early. As you know, if, you, if you're looking at his career, he played most of it on the wing and at fullback, and he wasn't in the front line mm. defending. He got caught out with that last tackle in the first game that um, that didn't get them across the line. And, and I think that's because he hasn't had enough time in that front line defending. So I watched mm. the, I watched the um, first half of the game again on uh, last night just to see how he, how he um, copped that shoulder injury, and it was a front-on tackle. Um, and again, it's his body's not used to that. So, like, you're talking to three different players: Benji Marshall, Sonny Bull, and Roger Tuivasa-Shek. You couldn't have got three different players. You know, Benji mm. with his skill, um, you know, the masterclass with the ball in hand. Roger with his feet, and Sonny with the offload. You know, if you if you could get a, a hybrid of those three models together, um, you'd have an absolute mm. world beater. But oh, look, I think I, th- I agree with you. I think Roger's. He's class, you know, on that first first game and even the first half of, of last week's game, he showed that he he can, over time, become a very, very good uh, rugby union player again. And I just think it's a matter of time. He needs time in the front line, mate. If they're going to play him in the front line, mm. especially in that crash area around the 12 position, um, he's going to have to do a hell of a lot more defensive work. Yeah. No, I totally, I totally agree with you, mate. And, and I, look, I thought defensively wasn't going to be a problem because I know... There was times in, in the Warriors outfit when he actually made some telling tackles, some try-saving tackles, but you're actually right. He's not making tackles back there every single time like you would be in the 12 jersey. You're in the front line, you're tackling all day and every day, and you're tackling big forwards, big bodies. So it's a total different spot. So, um, yeah, great text messages. Keep them coming through, Double eight, double three, Louis. Oh, give us a call. Oh, 800 the Kennard's higher phone line is there. Interesting thoughts around RTS, boys. We'd love to hear from you. Alan Sharrick. Well, they say they've got the world-famous in Auckland spookers out at Karaka. <laughs> But they also say there was a Casper sighting on the Karaka New Zealand bloodstock complex. Tony Kemp to explain more after this. He's a proven horse with runs on the board. Self-assured, Mark, he says go. He went bang at the 100. Self-assured, the son of Benner's delight gets away from the fixer in Triple Eight. And self-assured for the 2019 Auckland Cup. And he's done it very comfortably. Auckland Cups, New Zealand Cups. Self-assured, moved up to Spangham, a confident soul and not a fear in the world. Self-assured's won the Cup, clear of Spangham, Ashley Lokaz running on, but Self-assured won it. But the big dance is still to come. The race with SENZ and our Self-assured. Oh, yes, boy, you know what it is, and if you don't by now... Get involved. The race, double eight, double three. Yes, self-assured is our representative in the race at Cambridge Raceway. Easter Thursday. It's going to be a ripper. The slot race, the SCNZ is secure slot in, and we've got self-assured, the gun pacer running in our slot. Double eight, double three. Text your name, where you are around New Zealand, and the race right now. And you could be our shareholder today. 0.5% share in the horse. If it wins, you could be coming away with $2,000. So text now, double eight, double three, your name, where you are, around Aotearoa to get 
in that draw and we will choose one of you to be a 0.5% shareholder in the race and if it wins two rack for you how good is that self-assured and people keep asking me how self-assured is going is he still on track well I can't good mate I can't confirm nor deny but have a listen to this up on the outside self-assured comes to look South Coast Arden self-assured they're followed hot and treacherous self-assured goes to South Coast Arden who kicks very bravely self-assured South Coast Arden's gonna worry him out of it though South Coast Arden's back into winning form Mango lovely drive to beat self-assured so you're thinking oh he's losing he's Set parked, he was huge, he's spot on, is he self-assured, is on the Target. dial. Target race, mate. Target it. Oh, one thing I learnt from you, Louis Herman Watt, and I've told a couple of my <laughs> mates, is, you know, they, it's all about targeting certain races. Nature Strip was never going to win last week. Never going to win that. Eduardo had the money on that because what i got an understanding of lately is the trainers and the owners, they target certain <coughs> races. What's he targeting? He's targeting April when we win the slot race at Cambridge Raceway. <laughs> <we're sideline. laughs> that's it. That's it. You're, gee, you're good. A good listener. You're, you're, you're nothing but a good listener, is he? That's exactly right. Self-assured. He is targeting the race. And we want to have you involved. So text yeah. the race, double eight, double three. Kimpy, um, we, look, we've found out a couple. We've learned a couple of things today. And if you see any white white bait floating around the Waitamata <laughs> Harbour this morning, there's a beacon out there. Casper the ghost phones phones don't answer underwater. There's no there's no boats crashing into the cliffs out there. There's a lighthouse so, lighthouse standing out there with Butch Glover floundering. <laughs> so Alan Sherrick, he's out on the boat and um, he did say he's scuba diving, so the phone might not answer. What we'll do is we'll get him tomorrow. The oil is ideal today at Otaki though. Um, $1.85, but yeah. it should be winning this one for sure. That's all right. We'll catch up with Al before the week is out. Anyway, Izzy, you, you had a you had a little backup plan for us, so that I reckon we should mm. go to. Let's go. Code B. Yes, Code B. Plan B. And uh, Al, you mate, just drop a couple of power down here in Ototahi Christchurch, and you'll be forgiven, brother. <laughs> forgiven. Or ideal. Ideal. 85% return, you reckon, they can be. But quickly... Kimby, I want to chat to you about your coaching tenure, mate. When you were coaching uh, at Warriors and League, mate, um, what 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 sort of coach were you? What what kind of coach were you? Uh, a hands-on, tactical, technical, skill kind of base kind of coach, or were you a stand back, helicopter view, overlooking kind of um, you know man managing kind of everyone? What, what what sort of coach were you, bro? Yeah, look, Izzy, I fe- I fe- really fell into coaching. I you know, playing playing five eight. I you know, was the go-to person for the coaches of most most of my career because you know, they spoke about you directing the, the team around the football pitch. You know, so even though I didn't have the the C across my name um, all of the time, I was basically the guy that coach spoke to to deliver the tactics on the football field. So I fell into coaching coming out of it in England and and coached the Super League and decided to come back and um, you know talk to Reggie and Posty about doing the doing the job of the Warriors and I really enjoyed it. I got into I was I thought mm. I was a pretty decent assistant coach. I was a good cop at the Warriors and Ando you know, I was a bad cop. Everyone had heard stories about Ando kicking walls in and yelling and screaming and <laughs> you know what I mean, typical, you know, fiery redhead from, from West West Sydney. Um but yeah, it sort of worked really well for me and him. You know, I got really analytical on on um, defensive and offensive structures, and you know, I used to phone the boys up and say, "We're going to mm-hmm. go down the side, and you know, you'd probably score from a kick." And you know, they got a, got a bit of bit of money off Paulie Mawadi um, during those days, and 
My, my style was really hands-on. Um, I love I, yeah. I love managing people, you know, talking to the players. And I was picking up a lot of pieces back then because Ando was quite brutal, you know. He'd destroy a few egos and mm. you know, spend a lot of time, you know, following, yeah. following blokes into the back rooms and talking them back up and saying, you know, he, it's okay, get, get back out there, do your thing. Um, and then the head coaches role come along. I was too, it's too early. You know, I was 34 and... Mm. Yeah, there's a lot going on, and one thing I I never forgive John Hart for not backing his own people. You know what I mean? He's he, he um, me and Ivan had a really good thing going there with Kevin Campion and and Hardy coming and and just blew blew the blew the place apart. Um, and I got tied up in the old oh, the old um, the old regime and and couldn't hold my position, even though I thought you know we were only a couple of points away from the eight that that year after finishing dead last. Mm. I think equal um, when I took over from Ando in two thousand and it was two thousand and five. So um, I, I, I've always said it. I I, um, I just wasn't really ready for first first grade. I, I probably needed another few more years before taking that that spot. Mm. But what what I did learn was. How to manage multiple um, egos and and develop people and and that sort of you yeah. know as a fifty year old now still holds me in good stead when I'm dealing with people um, and and of course my analytical brain is always challenging the way people are thinking and and watching things mm. um, whether it be rugby union rugby league AFL horse racing um, cricket you know um, I, I just like to watch and see what other people are doing. And seeing you know, yep. you know, like the, the the question this morning, you know, like you've got all these selectors like Fozzie and 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 Co selecting all of these players in a team. Like, if you're in a room and you walked in and said, "Well, who do we select?" You go, "We well, select the best team." You know, if if if, mm. if Geordie Barrett's the best fifteen, he plays fifteen. You know what I mean? Yeah. If 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 Will mm. Jordan's the best um, fourteen, he plays fourteen. So I don't think you know. For me, I think coaching these days. Is especially in rugby league, isn't that mm. much around t- tactical play because everyone's playing the same style? You've got a you've got a you know yep. big forward pack. You got you know speed get you into one, two, and three tackles and, and a decent kicking game. But you're playing a, a lead run and a sweeper out the back, and that's how all our tries score. It's quite sterile, I, I yep. think. And I think rugby unions following following suits come becoming really close. I think the best coaches and you and you touched on is is the, is like the Crusaders coach who can who can theme weeks, who can motivate players, who can yeah. get them to training, get them to prepare properly, um, and get them to perform. And I think if you've mm. got a coach like that, um, you actually you know one and two percent of that level when you're up against someone mm. And you, you know, it's like two Group One horses having a match race. If you've got that one or two percent on them, mate, you're going to perform. And and you know, they, like you were just talking about that with the with the Chiefs when they got in those two semi-finals, that was the difference. Mm. And and that really comes down to um, how good those people are motivating you. You know, every day when you're a pro player. Oh, I love it, love it, Kempi, mate. I would have loved to have seen you behind closed doors and and get with the inside. I think you you like. Only known you for a couple of months, and and since you've been on the show, mate, you bring a lot of good energy, good vibes, and like you said, coaches they're pretty similar, but it's that point of difference, and that little difference. I know Scotty Razor has it, he brings a different side to to actually coaching, and and you're spot on. Man management is hugely important because you've got different, um, you know, personalities. You've got different players, different bodies, uh, people from all parts of the world in this environment, and it's, you've got to make them connect, and you've got to make them come together and, and be one, otherwise you've got clicks all around the, the, the franchise and when you have clicks, mate, trust me it doesn't work it doesn't doesn't work, you need everyone to buy in and be as one, 
And uh, you can see that with the Crusaders as of late. And uh, really appreciate your honesty there, there, Kempi. Uh, love it, mate. Um, Alan Sherrick, well, he ain't being forgiven. He's left <laughs> us in the lurch. We'll let you deal with that, Kempi. We'll yep. let you deal with him uh, on the on the text machine, mate. Let us know what you've texted him, and uh, we'll get uh, that little when we come back before we get over to Will Buxton, because we're going to chat to Will Buxton. Uh, he is Drive to Survive. He is a Formula One um, journalist, and he is the voice of Drive to Survive. We'll be back shortly. Yep, Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Tony Kemp in the house with Louis Herman. What is Baz is heading off to the IPL? We'll get a little uh, uptake to how he's going over in Australia. He's having a wee holiday with his family before he shoots off for the KKR. And well, we're going to keep you up to date with what's going on in the IPL. Hopefully, Baz can go one better and get the dub and the job done over in India. Coming up on the show, we're going to have a wee chat too. Our man, Will Buxton, after 8 o'clock. Have a chat to him about Drive to Survive. Oh, I love that show. If you haven't watched it, make sure you go on Netflix and watch Drive to Survive. It is outstanding. You won't be let down for sure. And then Glenn Phillips, later on in the hour. How do we text here on the text machine from Brett? Up the mana. Yeah, got pretty feral myself in the crowd at Waikato Stadium in those championship years. Might have given Dagger a bit of stick under the highball. Sorry, my cuz. <laughs> Oi, you want respect? You got to roll the benchmark. I love that we are grubs. That is from Brett. Oh, yes, I remember that, mate. You were one of the worst ringing your cowbells, and I think you might have abused my lovely blonde wife in the stands too. She was very, very let down by that. Anyway, I forgive you. We're off to track down some McCafe coffees right now, and here's Emma with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Yes, Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Thank you, Emma, doing a stellar job there. Kempi said you were laughing at my last throw to the news, so I had to redeem myself. Hopefully I did myself some justice there, eh, Louis? Yes. Woo, coming up. Anyway, we, got, we had a great last hour. We spoke to Kurt Heelan of the NBA. He is uh, a voter. He's got a big, big job ahead of him. He's been given a vote to vote for the MVP of the NBA, which is uh, a lot of pressure on him. And Kempi was asking the hard questions and had him stuttering left, right and centre. But great to have him on the show. Kurt Heelan is an NBC sports writer. And if you've missed that, make sure you head over to Baz and Izzy's podcast on the SEN app. And you'll get all our podcasts through up to date. Um, we've had some crackers as of late. Also, we missed Alan Sherrick. Hopefully, we get him over the next few days. But he's got a horse racing today in, in North Tucky. Ideal. Dollar eighty five. Louis already loaded up and shows Kempi. So you can go on now. You can go on now and, and, and lower the tote and lower the the fixed odd odd, odd prices as well. So um, for that, Glenn Phillips coming up very very shortly. He is going over to the IPL with our man Baz McCullum. So we'll get a wee updated how he's going. He's representing the Sunrisers Hyderabad with Kane Williamson as well. Um, so looking forward to that chat. That is our Razine Cricket catch-up later on in this hour. Make sure you send a text on the text machine as well. The race, your name, and where you are. And you can go on the draw to be to win 0.5% of the share if Self-Assured wins the race. Ooh. Anyway, it's time for our McCafe coffee catch-up. Hey, Netflix. This sport is cutthroat. Action. Radio check. Welcome back. 
What are we gonna talk about this year? It's not just about what's going on on the track. It's everything that happens off the track. It's winner takes all. It's constant warfare. Be the best driver win. If that doesn't give you goosebumps, I don't know what will. Honestly, when I was scrolling Netflix trying to find me a new program with my wife, we stumbled across Drive to Survive, and wow, we were left wondering at one o'clock in the morning, and I've got to get up at four, five, and uh, I've watched about four back-to-back episodes. It is an absolute must-watch. It is not just what's about going, what's going on on the track. It's everything that happens off the track. You heard that line there. And doesn't it just sum up one of the most adored Netflix shows of our time? Drive to Survive is back this weekend for season four. And Formula One fans, new and old, couldn't be more fired up. One of the crucial voices of the show is that of Will Buxton, the F1 journalist who you see in Drive to Survive hanging on every inch of drama just like the rest of us, we're lucky to have Will on the line now with us to talk season four of Drive to Survive and try to get some oil on what to expect. How are you, Will? I'm good. I'm good. What an intro. Thank you so much. <laughs> That's what we do for the big dogs on the show, mate. We get a nice <laughs> intro to get you fired up and everyone's excited. I'm excited. I'm a huge fan of the show. What can we expect season four Without giving too much away, but maybe just lead us into something. Well, so I've only just uh, watched the final the final episodes. I normally don't get to see the series until it oh. comes out on Netflix, like all of you guys. So, um, but yeah, this season I was I was so eager to see it, and I was just just asking the guys all the time, "Come on, send me a link, send me a link, send me a link." <laughs> uh, and they did, and I've just finished it, and it's it's really good. It's different to the other series because. Before, in the previous three series, there hasn't really been a championship fight to really delve into. So they've, they've had to go for lots of different storylines and discover, you know, different sort of really human stories in the sport. But this time they've got those human stories, but they've also got this amazing championship fight between Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton. We all know the way it, yeah. it panned out in the end. <laughs> it's just great, you know, because they build it up. They kind of they start off with it. And then they, they, they build up that tension. Then they go off and tell other stories. And then they come back. And it's just that constant crescendo of pressure and tension all the way to that, that conclusion in Abu Dhabi. It's, it's, it's really fun. Mate, are you amazed with how big this uh, series has gone and the amount of fans that it has actually brought into the sport of F1? Like, I'll be honest, my wife, she probably didn't – She's never watched F1. She watched The Drive to Survive. Now she's a full-time fan because it really gives you a real detailed in- insight to what actually goes yeah. on in the F1. Are you are you pretty amazed by it? Massively, massively. I don't think anybody in Formula One appreciated how influential it would be. And that was shown in the first series because Mercedes and Ferrari didn't want anything to do with it. And then for season mm. two, they were like, come into the garage, you know, come and see, come and learn <laughs> you know, about all of yeah. us. 
And it was actually part of its success actually came from the fact that Mercedes and Ferrari didn't want to be a part of it. Because back then, Mercedes and Ferrari were the guys going for the championship. So they had to go and find other stories, not look at, you know, those two teams that were gunning for the title. And that's where I think they found the niche for the show, which was in those human stories. They discovered, you know, crazy, sweary Gunther Steiner, who's the, the team boss at Haas, and, you know, Daniel Ricciardo, and all these great storylines that they might not have found had they just been able to focus on the championship fight but yeah it's been it's been huge and and you see it you see the the growth of the sport the interest in the sport around the world and people who were drawn in either who fell out of love with formula one over you know the 90s or the 2000s or whatever and you know periods of domination um or who have never watched it in their lives and as you say like you know Mm. you can sit down with your missus and watch it and it's it's just brilliant because it brings out that real human side behind mm. the incredible sporting exploits that you see on your screen at the weekends and these these incredible athletes doing what they do. Hey, well, so is it safe to say you're the Simon Cowell of, of F1 um, TV and and what's that sort of done for your life? Like what what changes oh, has it done to, you know, to, uh, to everything around you with season four coming up? I'd, I'd say I probably haven't had as much work done and my trousers don't come so high, but um, that's very, very kind of you. I, 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 I'd, like to, I'd, like to, I'd like to be on Simon Cowell's salary. Uh, but um, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's been crazy from a, a recognition perspective. Like um, going back to the United States last year for the, for the US Grand Prix, I broadcast in the States for 10 years on, on NBC and Speed Channel, but I'd never experienced a reaction or a welcome like we got in in austin last year people just you know waiting for autographs it's crazy you know because i just sit in a chair and they ask me questions which is weird because i'm you know i'm a broadcaster and a journalist i normally ask the questions so sort of having that flipped 180 and being asked the questions i'm like i don't like this so much this is this is actually quite hard um yeah i just sit in the chair and answer questions and and they they've kind of used that and um you know other stuff that that, that other colleagues um do to just try and make sense of it because formula one i mean you guys know it's a complex sport there's so much to understand Mm. in it that even if you've been following it 20 30 years there's still confusing elements of it so we just try to bring a little bit of of sense and understanding to it so hopefully people can can engage with the with the sport and the series we know what eventuated last year with the the final lap and the final race with lewis hamilton just going down to max verstappen so do we get a little inkling and a little lead in throughout the series to that feud? Is there a lot of hot oh yeah little episodes we can expect? Oh yeah, there's 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 a lot of Max and Lewis. Max wasn't actually interviewed for this <laughs> this season. He decided not to. I think part of that, Ooh. you know, he had his own reasons for it. Uh, some of it maybe he just wanted to focus on on his championship challenge rather than sitting down to do to do interviews all the way through the season. But you you do hear from him and you do see him. And mm-hmm. Lewis is a really big part of the series. And you see a, a really different side to Lewis this year than I think people have ever seen. Far more raw, more pure, uh, just a, a, mm-hmm. a, a more I think a more real version of, of of who Lewis Hamilton is rather than the polished version you maybe see on TV all the time. So that's great. And then you've got just the the crazy fighting between Christian Horner, the boss of Red Bull Racing, Toto yeah. Wolff, the boss of Mercedes, <laughs> and how kind of toxic that got through the years. So that's it's kind of crazy. And you know, and you hear from their wives as well, because you know, Christian's married to to Jerry, who was in the Spice Girls. Uh, Toto's married to <laughs> to Susie Wolf, who herself was a racing driver and uh, and is a team boss in Formula E. 
So there's really nice little little segments there. And Susie, actually, she turns out to be one of the stars of the show this season. She's like a voice of calm through the insanity and the madness of the season. She's just this absolute, yeah, she's just a, a real voice of calm. She's it, great. It sounds like we've got 20 seasons of this coming up. Um, well, but I don't even think that'd be long enough, mate. I got I got I got me uh, Mercedes or me f- Ferrari hat on, and I'm sitting here just watching see just watching season three, thinking how am I going to get around season four? What has been pushed underneath the table towards you to make sure that you're looking after Mercedes or Ferrari? What car are you driving? Oh, Mick, they, uh, <laughs> no, they don't. They don't. I pay my own way. I always have. It's funny because my other half always says, why don't you tap up one of the teams for a free car? And I'm like, that's not me. Surely. I, I never even tapped up a team sponsor for like a free beer or, you know, a free watch or something. Oh. Yeah, that's not me, man. I can't do Look, I got to stay impartial, you know, got to stay impartial. Um, but if Ferrari want to want to you know, drop something off, I'm not going to say no. That's, yeah. <laughs> we'll send this clip to them. Yeah, that would be great. Are we Ferrari or McLaren? Yeah, oh yeah, McLaren. I take a yeah, a McLaren. Oh man, it's they're they're so different cars to drive. Um, I take I'd probably take a McLaren because that's just that's like a race car on the road. They're just they're insanely good. Yeah, for sure. Hey, uh, we we know the big teams: the Red Bull, you know, Ferrari. You got Mercedes. Who are you seeing to make a real? Uh, valid effort this year or just go a little bit better? What what team should we be on the lookout for this season? Not in, not in drives to survive the, the series, but this season leading into the Formula 1. So here's the mad thing, right? End of last year, they tore up the rule book. They have given the teams completely fresh sheet of paper. It's the biggest technical regulation change in the history of the sport. Everything that worked last year is in the trash, right? It's gone. So it's completely new cars for every single team. And it's amazing because you look at the 10 cars that are hitting the track this week, a flight tomorrow to to Bahrain for the preseason test. Every single car looks different. Every single team has approached these regulations in a different way. Someone will have got it right. Someone will have got it horribly wrong. It could be Mercedes mm. that have got it wrong. It could be Red Bull that have got it wrong. It probably won't be, but it you know, but it could be. And that's the wonder of this year. We could get McLaren versus Ferrari like we had in the two thousands. You could have, you know, mm. Red Bull versus Mercedes like it was last year. Hell, you could have Aston Martin fighting Alpine and AlphaTauri for the world championship. Right now, we ju- we just don't know, and that's what's so exciting about this season. It could be anybody's. Who's a superstar, mate, that's sitting in the wings that we probably won't see in season four, but you, you've got your, your little black book there, put his name down and go, I'm going to introduce this, this Louis-type Louis character to the, to the, to the Netflix um, whānau that we're going to watch later on down the, down the track. What's their, what's their name? Oh, there are a few. Uh, there are a few. There's, I mean, Oscar Piastri. Uh, who's a young Australian racing driver, won the Formula 2 championship last year. He's actually going to be a reserve driver this year for Alpine. He doesn't have a race seat, which is criminal because he's so good. One guy you will see on Drive to Survive... um, but won't be racing in Formula One is actually a New Zealander, uh, Liam Lawson, 
uh, who's yes. mega quick. Yeah. Good boy. <laughs> but he's he's in the series. Like everyone's gonna fall in love with Liam Lawson as just like the perfect housemate. He's such a dude. He's so cool. Love Liam. Um, yeah. Th- listen, there are some great kids waiting in the wings, but it's just whether there's gonna be a seat for them, whether there's gonna be that opportunity, because there's only 20 seats in Formula One. So it's whether you know will Sebastian Vettel retire at the end of the year? Will Fernando Alonso retire at the end of the year? Will there be that space on the grid for these young kids to step up? You know, and walk into Formula One and take on you know, the other youngsters because it's such a young field at the moment. You look at Max Verstappen and Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc and Lando Norris and all these kids really making waves. It's a it's a really exciting time. Mm, I look forward to to watching this series unfold, mate. Just quickly before we let you go, uh, Christian, his comments on Mercedes with Toto Wolff having bullying tactics is it, am i right is, is that what's going on lately with the comments of the, the the latest feud between red bull and mercedes i mean you say the latest feud it's 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 pretty much the same feud i think <laughs> look, you, i think you, you, you've got to take it all with a pinch of salt and i think what this series of drive mm. to survive shows really well is that sport as we all know is as much a mental game as it is the game on the field And if you can get inside your rivals' heads, you're already winning. In Formula One, that's not just the drivers getting inside each other's heads. It could be the team bosses getting inside each other's heads to try and throw them off. It's protesting your rivals' cars to get them torn apart over a weekend, you know, just to try and find something that might not be completely within the reg regulations or you know, whatever it might be it's mind games and they're getting it started early you know we're not even at the first race of the season yet and they're already putting those little jabs in so it's uh it's crazy i've never known anything like it i've never seen anything like it but it's it's that mm. ultimate i mean some people say it's unsporting but it's ultimately gamesmanship it's trying to throw your opponent off and i think that's what it's what christian and toto do in very different ways but they're they're probably more similar than either one of them would care to admit. Awesome, awesome. Well, we appreciate you coming on, Baz and Izzy, for breakfast. Oh, guys, Will Buxton, absolute champion, mate. The voice of the show, Drive to Survive. We look forward to watching you on the big screen, mate. Thank you so much for finding time for us. And uh, we'll get you on later on in the year, mate. Appreciate it. I look forward to it. Cheers, guys. Thank you. That was our McCafe coffee catch-up with Will Buxton. Wow. Good gig, Looking forward to the series. Yeah, great kid, Louie. He is unreal, <laughs> isn't he? Like, that is mm. just hearing his voice. You know when you, you hear someone speak and you like the, you, their voice is so famous from somewhere else and you just get that, mm. that sonic trigger straight away? You get that trigger, like, straight back to the shows. Watching Will in the seat and he just, he's so, like, he loves the drama, eh? Like, he loves, like, he loves mm. hooking the drama up. That was awesome. Well done, boys. We've got to get him a car. We've got to get him a car, <laughs> yeah. eh? Maybe Mate, we'll don't, don't worry, he's got a car. <laughs> check it up. Did the, did the boys we'll have... We'll get him a car. Kimpy will get him a car. Yeah, Kimpy. Kimpy, you know, you got made different. No one even knows what you do for a job, Kimpy. You could be a Formula One driver for all we know. Did the, um, did have the, you got his number? Let me give him a call. Yeah, yeah. we'll see if we can get him a... <laughs> have got a car big enough? Get him a Toyota from <laughs> North Shore or something. What, do, they, do, they, do, they, do they race Toyota Land Cruisers? <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, do the lads have a team they like to support? I, I honestly... Honestly, don't I? I kind of, I'm a classic case of Formula One hooked me because of Drive to Survive, 
and now I'll mm. watch the odd, you know, the big Grand Prix like the Monaco, um, Silverstone. Like I'll, I'll watch them now because I watch Drive to Survive. But I haven't found an affinity to a team yet. I haven't tied myself to a team. Mm. I love Daniel Ricciardo. I think Daniel Ricciardo yeah, is an same. absolute jet. But do the lads have a team they support? I don't have a team. Now, I used to love watching uh, Michael Schumacher mm. and he was ripping it up for Ferrari. But I don't have a, a team. But I guess if Liam Lawson makes it to the True. Formula One, whoever he's driving for, that'll be my team. Tell you that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's true. And I just hope, like, I hope that when Liam Lawson gets a crack, like when Brendan Hartley did, but unlike that, he actually mm. gets given a proper crack and he's not just, like, dog tucker. Like, he's not just there mm. hanging on to the back of the, the Formula One car, as it were, and waiting till he fell off. Because I felt like Brendan Hartley, although he got a crack, he never really had a fair crack. And he was a bit older. I think he was 27 or so. Someone mm. will correct me when he did get his crack. And Liam Lawson's a youngster, so hopefully a team wants to invest in him. Double eight, double mm. three. Who's your Formula One side and why should we be on board with them for the new season coming out? Drive to Survive Season 4 starts on Friday, I think, on Netflix. Um, yeah, we don't need yes. to promote Netflix. They don't pay us, but I absolutely love this series. So hook your teeth into it. It's 22 minutes past eight here with Chemist Warehouse. That was Will Buxton, protagonist of Drive to Survive. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. We'll be back after this. <laughs> Baz and Izzy are country clueless. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) Izzy, why are you staring out the window, bro? (laughs) Oi, I did that. I I messaged you in private. I guess one of my cows has got out. Man, there's always one. Always one. It just annoys me. This one naughty cow. Cattle. Because it's a bloke. It's one thing I've learnt while farming. Cows are a gill. So it's a, it's a cattle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, I've got a bit of country girls. I've just... So what I've done, boys, is yesterday... Oh, I'm pretty proud of myself. I've, I've had to put a trough in. So I'm going to strip feed all my cows. So I'll put the electric fence in. I'll put the electric fence in. I've got this little bit of pasture. I've had to put a, a, a trough in. So I've you know, put the, the water line through. The water pipe's gone right through. And I piped it in, so it's looking amazing. But one cow's got through, and I don't know how. So either the electric fence is not on, or it's like kind of done the... Hey, how, um, how big a know, strip have you got? Act- how big a strip have you got that you strip feeding them on? Uh, it's, it's probably about three acres. How many rugby fields? No, nah, probably about two acres. Two acres. Oh. Uh, and how old, I've got ten acres, how, old are the, how old are the cattle? They're about two about two years. Two oh, years they're old. starving, mate. Uh, Toddlers. They're not. They're not starving. They've got heaps of tucker, and it's. You're going to oh, hide jump the fence. Me, eh? Maybe frisbee flopped the fence. I don't know. Yeah, well, what's that thing? What? What? what are we, when we <laughs> the go limbo. The, what, yeah, the limbo. It's that's limboed my electric fence, mate. <laughs> oh, anyway, I've got to sort that out later. Oh, Izzy, too good, too good. I just saw you staring out the window. I thought there can only be one thing going on here. Um, double eight, double three, the race. We haven't announced the winner for today. We're trying to get you a share of a 0.5% share of self-assured when it races in the race at Cambridge Raceway on Easter Thursday. Uh, two grand of self-assured wins. So text the race, your name, and where you're from, and we'll announce that before the end of the show. Great chat there, boys, and fizzing for Drive to Survive to start such an awesome series. I don't have a team, but there's always your favourites and non-favourites between episodes. I think the wife will be getting her way on Spark so we can watch the races. Brendan, 
Awesome Brendan and Dino. Pretty simple, guys. McLaren. Bruce was one of us. Don't really follow it, but there's your answer from me. Don't mind that, Kimpy. No. Oh, look, I'm, I'm sort of... Uh, I'm, I'm still taken by the get, really, that you actually got... Um, Will on, will on the on the line to talk to us. I, look, I can't believe that how casual and and um, how appreciative he was of having having a chat with us on the show this morning. The boys were saying just back in the producers' box there that waiting for ten minutes and was was wrapping up. You know how we intro introed him and all that sort of stuff. So just goes just goes to show you, Louis. You know, even though the Simon Cows of the world that um, Will's probably going to end up like, he's he's just got his got his feet on the ground. Love he's, it. He's a legend, Simon Cows. Your power's not on. Cow cattle can smell power to see if it's on. I don't know if you're taking the piss there, Brenton. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, is he? I I got a new nick. Name for you? Ah, uh, what is it? Fred. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, that is so old. Mate, are you related to Fred Dag? Are you related to Fred Dag? You don't know Fred Dag, do you? No, I'm not related to Fred Dag. All right. Oh, you've all lost the plot. It's twenty nine to twenty nine to nine. Paul Mawadi's not far away. We've got tips to give out. We've got Glenn Phillips before the end of the show as well. Here's Emma for, with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. SCNZ, we're 26 away from 9am. We'll get to Paul Mawadi very, very shortly. Just want to give you a quick update of the Women's World Cup. Uh, yesterday, it was Alyssa Healy starring as Australia bet Pakistan. And today, we're waiting for West Indies versus the English West Indies trying to keep their role on in ODI 7 of 31 of the Women's World Cup. But tab.co.nz is where you go for all of your markets. And Paul Mwadi is on the line after Tony Kemp. He reckon he calls Joe the rat, but he ratted <laughs> us all out yesterday. And ideal, I see you've opened the dollar eighty-five. Uh, Paul, Very generous. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for that, uh, Kempy. Um, I don't know. We'll have to buy you a coffee next time you're around. Daisy, you'll be buying me more a coffee at a dollar eighty-five. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be fair, that wasn't a that wasn't the worst first up run uh, by Ideal, um, and the money. Funnily enough, the money's come as well. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I said that to Louis yesterday, Paulie. I said you can't get eighty five percent at the bank, mate. Get an eight. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. Um, if you're looking elsewhere in that, uh, what is it? Race five, the vets on Riverbank Maiden over. Uh, 1,400 metres at Wartaki today. Uh, there's been a wee bit of speaking about uh, Lisa Latter runner, number five, Silky Red Fox, written by Jonathan Parks, $14 into $11. Uh, but no, no surprises, the best backed in this race, by far and away, number nine, trained by Alan Sharrock, uh, Alan Sharrock written by Sarah McNabb. The Silky uh, Red Fox. Of Bill. <laughs> I, think Lisa might, I think Lisa might have named it after Alan. 
<laughs> yeah. no, I think you'll, you'll be pretty happy that he's probably diving at the moment, so he's not hearing any of this. Well, well he he thinks his earpods work underwater as well. Paul, I've got a multi for you. Um, so we're taking ideals. A text coming here. Hey, Louis, load up on Sacred Oath, race to Ipswich. Beautiful Kiwi bread, but check out the ownership. Wow. Plus then the name of the horse that beat him last start. Yeah. Last start, it went huge for second, just missing to call from heaven. So you're only getting a dollar fifty about Sacred Oath in race two at Ipswich, but only bad luck beats it. And then in race seven, back at Otaki, titled can't break its maiden. So we're not going to tip it to win. We're just going to stick on the dollar thirty place just to give you a little odds boost here. Three legs, titled Sacred Oath, ideal three dollars seventy two. We're having a laugh. That's it. You'll build up a nice little bankroll if those all roll in for the start of the NRL season tomorrow. We've got bonus back promotions and same game claims on all NRL games in week one. So put your thinking caps on for tomorrow. I'm sure Kempi will be able to steer uh, the listeners into a good winning team and margin bet in one of those NRL games. So um, 100%, I, but you're not going to get it. <laughs> it's going to cost me a hundred. I found out yesterday. If I give you it, it's going to cost me a hundred. <laughs> well, oh, maybe, maybe Louis can. Um, he he has a few tips for us in the in the thoroughbred arena. But uh, just remember, he's the boy that stopped Zaki last season. So uh, last year. <laughs> You'll be happy having Louis back, mate, because I can't tip anything. I can't even, I can't even name what those cows are. Cows, cattle, bulls, whatever. Anyway, my mate texts me giving me a bit of stick. Male cows are bulls, Israel. I said, okay, there you go. <laughs> I got that one wrong. Anyway, thank you very much, Paulie Moari, absolute champion as always. We'll catch up with you tomorrow, brother. Have a good rest Thanks, of the boy. day. That was our TAB live catch up with Paulie Moari. Promotions in play in hundreds of sports markets to choose from. Visit tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. R18, we'll be coming back shortly to chat to Glenn Phillips. And while Emma, I'll nail that intro. Back shortly. Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. We're 17 minutes away from nine before we get off and uh, rip into the rest of our day. It's time for our Razine Cricket Catch-Up. Bang. Bears and Izzy are talking cricket. Thanks to Razine, New Zealand's most trusted paint brand for the past 10 years. Thanks, Louis. I've just eaten my words that I gave him a bit of stick. Anyway, we'll wrap into it. It's time to talk cricket. Thanks to Razine, New Zealand's most trusted paint brand for the past 10 years. Skip Baz is off to the IPL at the moment to coach his Calcutta. Night Riders, which means our Kiwi Stars, which are off to play in the tournament, are departing shortly. One man who is in super form as he heads off is Glenn Phillips, the keeper turned spinner, who can go huge with the willow with those big guns of his. GP is on the line now. Morning, GP. Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks for having me on. Very, very, very good. Thanks for joining us, mate. How you going? Anyway, you been playing a bit of golf? Jeez, I wish I was playing golf. There's so many games at the moment. Um, I don't think we have time for anything else other than playing. Yeah, 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 true. I was going to say, I think last time you had a, might have had a game you played with uh, with Skipper Baz McCallum. He said you were bombing it. He said if there's anyone that can hit it long, 
as GP. Um, anyway, mate, you're heading off shortly. You're heading off over to to the IPL. When did you depart? Are you excited for that new challenge? Yeah, I think we head off on the 19th. Um, a couple of the boys are all heading off at different times. Um, but for me, I've got one more Plunkett Shield game to play. So um, hopefully we can get a, another win there and head off to the IPL on, uh, on a winning night. Um, but yeah, definitely excited. New team, new place, uh, new franchise to deal with. So um, yeah, really excited. Yeah, nice, mate, nice. And uh, domestic cricket, Plunkett Shield, you're saying you're just about to depart. You've got one more hit out. How have you found the Plunkett, mate, and getting a bit of domestic cricket under your belt before you shoot off? You enjoying it? Yeah, I think it's been um, incredible to have so much time um, playing the home summer this year. You know, we, we didn't have as many black cap things on, and um, I think it's been really good for all the domestic teams around to have have their black caps in the side. It's really um, made the competition quite interesting, and, and I'm sure all those that are, that are watching have actually really enjoyed it as well. Um, and then Plunkett Shield for us, we really started off uh, with a hiss and a roar, so... You know, obviously Guppy and, and Robbie O getting a mm. double ton and 190 the other day. So we're really coming Damn. out swinging and trying to change our brand of 4-day cricket. Hey, Glenn, it's Kempe, mate, um, heading off to the IPL. Just, I've always wanted, mate, the boys that are heading over there to get them that USD. Do you, do you sort of, like, rub your hands together when you're sitting on the plane and, and go, right, here's my opportunity to really secure the next 10 years. I'm going to go out there and, and really attack the IPL so that my name's first off the list when they go, go, go back to that auction to buy players. What, what, what's, your, what's your thoughts around all that sort of stuff? Are you excited about getting there? Yeah, absolutely. I think anybody um, going to the IPL would be as excited as anything. And I guess the cash side of it is always an absolute bonus. You know, money doesn't get thrown around anywhere else quite like it does in India. So I think it's one of those places where if, if you have one or two good games, it can really set up your future. Um, but for me at the moment, it's really just going about there and trying to take any opportunity that I can get and, and try and prove my skill and worth to the team. The T20 World Cup's coming up shortly, mate, and uh, you don't want to get too far ahead of yourself, but is the IPL, what, what's, obviously you want to go over, you score some runs, play, play well, but what's going to be the key factor to get you to that the big tournament at the end of the year? I think it's just taking it one game at a time and use all the uh, overseas competitions that I have coming up this year to prepare as much as I can for it, um, you know, the fact that we got so close to winning it last year just gives us a taste of the fact that we can potentially, um, you know, we would deserve to lift that trophy at some stage. And if it's this year, that would be absolutely amazing. So I just want to do my part in order to, to be able to, um, I don't know, I guess, play the role that I have to for New Zealand career when that World Cup comes around and hopefully lift that trophy. Yeah, I know you had a lot of uh, conversations with Baz McCullum when you got called into the T20 uh, final. Um, and, and are you still having those conversations with Baz? Are you still keeping connected with the skip? I, I think Baz has uh, been a little bit too busy for me at the moment. Um, and I think our schedule has just been too hectic. So um, at, at this point in time, you know, I've been in touch with Ronks quite a lot. He's just come into our, um, our Auckland Aces nice. setup as well. And having the Black Hat batting coach just right outside our back door is absolutely ideal. So I've been picking his brain quite a bit, especially leading into the IPL and overseas stuff, just making sure my game's exactly where it needs to be. Um, but then any chance I get to talk to Baz is absolutely brilliant. You know, that guy is an absolute genius. So, um, and I'm sure he'll love me saying that too. <laughs> he will, he will, mate. He'll be listening over in Australia. Quickly, before we let you go, mate, we've got to talk about the White Ferns. The one from two. 
They lost their first outing against the West Indies, but they uh, put on a pretty clinical performance against Bangladesh. Mate, you, you've been pretty impressed with them, and uh, you got a message of support for our Wahine Tour? Yeah, absolutely. They've been doing absolutely stunningly. Um, and great win the other day against Bangladesh, and that's, the, that's just the start. So hopefully... Uh, we can uh, go on one step further and make it to those finals and, and lift the trophy again. So good luck to the White Ferns girls and, uh, you know, keep swinging. Yes, keep swinging. Absolute champion. Glenn Phillips, he keeps swinging. That was our Razine cricket catch-up. Thank, thanks, Glenn, and safe travels when you shoot off. Good luck for your last Plunkett Shield and uh, appreciate your time on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Yep, that was our cricket catch up thanks to the team at Razine with the one and known Glenn Phillips great to chat a bit of cricket before we head off and I've got to go rescue this cow and uh, yeah <laughs> looking forward to it can't wait but that was uh, yeah Glenn Phillips hopefully yeah I thought Louie that just I was waiting for that little soundtrack you, oh yeah. that's my you bad know. that's holiday rust mate I was I was on Stuart <laughs> Island time there that's 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 oh look I can't you know, we've got we've had members of this team, Kempi, previously that would throw someone else under the bus if um, something went wrong. But as like like the rat did to me the other day. <laughs> no, actually, Izzy, how's this? We thought about a concept. It's called the rat trap. So, what if we yeah. take a film crew down to a local park here, um, kick mm. the ball off to Joe on the back fence, and he has to run straight at Kempi, and Kempi stands stationary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Joe has to try and run through Kimpy. Kimpy gets one shot at him, and it's called the rat trap. And we'll see. We'll see if Kimpy can catch the rat. What do you reckon? <laughs> um, I was looking at. <clears throat> there's a camera here, and I was looking at Kimpy's quads. They're actually quite muscly, and they look very, very mobile. I think Kimpy might have them. I definitely reckon no Kimpy will snap that. him in half because I've been I've been vocal about this. Uh, Joey, Joey B is an absolute rake. Joe, how so do you reckon you go? Uh, <laughs> Joe? Yeah, I mean, I think I can take Kempi. I mean, uh, <laughs> I love this confidence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just can going. we video it? <laughs> Oi, someone uh, video it. This is great content for tomorrow's show. So you two go find a park, social distance somehow, and uh, snap them in half, Kempi, yeah, oh, I reckon. We'll have masks on you. Yeah, yeah. play responsibly, R18. <laughs> <laughs> you might need to wear an NFL helmet, Joe. Uh, look, it's eight and a half away from nine. We're going to announce our winner, but you can keep texting now. The race to double eight double three. We've not found our winner yet for the zero point five percent share in self assured. Uh, remember to give us a call throughout the day on SCNZ two. The Kenards High phone line oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. But text the race. Your name, where you're from, double eight double three. We'll have the winner after this, and we'll catch up with Rick Dog, who's going to tell us about Manchester United. Do they not Manchester United? Manchester City. Do they have the Premier League all sewn up? We're back after this.